This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Yo, yo. Thanks for coming out. Jesus, what's up? I like those seats up there. Hi. Um, I got here uh, on the back of tremendous parenting and some super serendipitous circumstances, mainly I think very honestly being an immigrant has an enormous advantage if you understand it and so I was born in the former Soviet Union, came here when I was three, lived in a studio apartment the size of this carpet in Queens with a bunch of family members. You know, and started really developing a lot of grit very early on. Moved to Edison, New Jersey. Was a super like Jersey kid in the 80s, which meant I spent all my time outside. I decided selling shit was more fun than playing games. So lemonade stands, da da da. Baseball cards became a big, the way kids flip sneakers now, that was baseball cards in the 80s. I became great at it. Um, I started making a lot of money. As a, as a kid, you know, I was making two, three thousand dollars a weekend selling baseball cards in seventh and eighth grade. Was getting terrible grades, was told that I would never succeed because, you know, for these, a lot of these youngsters, they don't know this, but for maybe some people watching or other people in the audience that are over 40, um, you know, what college you went to was the complete and utter black and white KPI of how good you were or not. And so now it's weird and fun that entrepreneurship is cool and it's, and, and it's viable. But when I was growing up, that was not the case. Uh, my dad saved all his money for the first seven years he was in America. We bought nothing as a family, as much as we could. And he eventually bought a small liquor store in Springfield, New Jersey. I got dragged into that store in my teenage years. Wanted to help out my family business. And my first career was helping my dad build his liquor store. Um, I launched an early e-commerce wine business, winelibrary.com. It was a hugely successful business in that space. I used email and Google AdWords and modern digital marketing to build that business. YouTube came along. I started a YouTube show about wine. Saw the power of this next wave of the internet. Made me super curious about something that was called Web 2.0 at the time, which we now call social media, which all just refers to what's current and people give a shit about. Um, and, And that time I decided to bet bigger and so I decided to invest. Uh, and so I invested in uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook as the first three investments I ever made, uh, which was a good idea. Um, <laughs> then I wrote a book called Crush It, which kind of laid out my prediction and the opportunity at hand for all of us now. And a lot of the influencer and personal brand and media companies have been built on the back of that thesis. It put me on the map. Um, and then I started a company called Maynard Media with my brother AJ. Um, wrote four New York Times bestselling books along the way. Lost a lot of football games along the way uh, as a diehard Jets fan. Anyway, I'm, I'm a real hardcore entrepreneur who, who is lucky enough that he's doing it in a time when entrepreneurship has been put on a totally different cultural pillar. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. You know, I built a business that went from three and a half million to $60 million in sales in a seven year period with no, no M&A, no venture capital, like I built it through profits. Like I didn't raise money, I just made the business grow. Which meant I had to stand in the store for 10 hours a day and make sure when you would walk in, instead of buying three bottles of wine, you bought 12. Because, so, I mean I grinded it. Lack of resources, right? Um, and it was new. 
this is now all accepted. You know, my dad took a lot of ridicule for letting his son do his thing because we should have opened a second store instead of launching this stupid website. Like, you know, people forget. People thought the internet itself, forget about is Snapchat or TBH a fad. 20 years ago, the conversation was, is the internet a fad? For real. And so, the roadblocks were mental. The ro- this is why I'm so willing to be countercultural now is because my whole upbringing between bad grades and the way I ran my business the first 10 years of my life, basically my whole life has been pretty basic. Everybody else is right and I'm wrong and then five years later I get to say fuck you, I told you. <laughs> so, you like that? <laughs> so, but I'll tell you, so for all that bravado comes a lot of humility. I also know that who gives a crap about what I've done, I have to continue this. I have to be right about audio. I have to be right, like you're only as good as your last at bat. It's amazing and humbling to play a game on merit. And when you're a purebred entrepreneur and out in front, I'm playing on merit. Either I'm gonna be right or I'm gonna be wrong. And that's intoxicating. For some it's fearful. Um, To me it's my natural state. But it's funny to hear you say that. Like I still, I mean, my life is that now. As you become more out there, there's plenty. How many people here, watch this, you'll like this. How many people here, real quick, by show of hands, when they first got a whiff of me or knew me, hated me or thought I was full of shit? Raise your hands. Raise it. Raise it. So, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with it. You know, I have a funny, I'm a kind of a little bit of an enigma. I talk about patience and long-term and EQ and kindness and gratitude and empathy, but as you can tell, the way I communicate is very jerseyed out. It's very competitive. It's very alpha. And so, you know, it's not fun to be called a charlatan or a self-promoter or full of shit or a snake oil salesman and I get that every day and I read my comments. So it hurts still. After, you know, it hurts. I, I don't, I don't I, you know, ironically, especially with the way I roll, I'm completely uncomfortable with being disliked. And when you're pushing the status quo and you're trying to push the, like, a different conversation, you inherently aren't like, and when you're disrupting, there's no Madison Avenue executives at these agencies that like me. I'm putting pressure on their money. They shouldn't like me. I I think they're right to not like me, but it doesn't make me wrong. And that's what the game's about for me, which is I'm trying to play on legacy. I made more money than I need a long time ago. I'm trying to be historically correct. I do stuff like this because I want to give back and I'm trying to say one thing, one thing for one person that unlocks a different strategy and that's why I continue to like, the two reasons I do Gary Vee and not just Gary Vaynerchuk the executive is, besides the fact that I love taking selfies, is, <laughs> is I wanna be historically correct. I think the legacy matters. I wanna be a practitioner. I'm proud that I'm in the green room right now posting on Instagram, trying to figure out what hashtags. It makes me a practitioner. Once you get fancy, you're finished. I'm trying to go the other way. I'm trying to stay as dirty as possible for as long as possible. And I have a communication style that breaks through for whatever reason. And I don't think that makes me cool. I think that means my parents had sex at the right moment. It's a DNA thing, right? It's a DNA thing. And so I don't get caught up in my own hype. I don't get high on my own supply. What I try to do is I know that the truth wins. Why do you think everybody's getting called out right now? Because wrong can't hide forever. The internet is the middleman. Nobody else is a gatekeeper. That's why I try to suffocate all your excuses. You can give me the excuse that your parents were drug addicts. You can give me excuses that you were born on the right, wrong side of the rails. What I know is that the internet doesn't give a fuck. 
that the market doesn't give a shit. And so we've never had a greater opportunity to do and I wanna make sure that every 53 year old and every 18 year old and every 80 year old and every girl, minority, brown, I want everybody to understand this is it. We got lucky. This is an amazing time to be alive. I get that you can get real cynical real quick because you're looking at the short term. I'm looking at the long term. This is the greatest. Take advantage of it. I love that you bring up school too and that you weren't the best student. (laughs) So the reason I went all in on me is I know there's no alternative. Do you understand? There was nothing I was gonna be able to paint. Every story was gonna be verified. Every narrative I painted, so I knew, I was like shit, one day everything's gonna be out in the open. A, I better live my life nobly, as much as I can, we're all flawed. B, I better tell the truth. It's not fun to say that I sucked at school. It's not fun to say I went to Mount Ida College, especially because in 2003, four, five, six, seven, eight, people were still trading on that currency. Now there's a little bit of coolness to being a shit student making bank, right? 2004 wasn't so cool. Like I would go into meetings and I could see the cynicism rolling off the face because they went on LinkedIn and saw where I went. Like, that's just real. For the kids, you don't understand. I see some people that are over 35, 40, they know. This is how you were judged, period. That was your brand. And so all this that has happened with me is just that I realized a long time ago that the internet was gonna expose us. Facebook and all this stuff hasn't changed us. It's exposed us. And so you can go around and blaming technology. It's because humans are really good at blaming everything but themselves. So was that your plan A? Going all in on yourself? Is that what you thought? No. Or where did you see yourself going? I was 30 years old building a wine business in New Jersey and never done anything publicly in my whole life. Never gave a speech, never thought I was going to Hollywood. Like, didn't want an agent, like never thought about living a public life in my life, that wasn't an option. And then YouTube came out and I started doing a wine show and I was like, wait a minute, I've got a shtick, this is funny. You know, maybe the class clown thing is like manifesting into like this thing. But like even to this, you know, you have to understand, I genuinely believe the whole Gary Vee thing is a complete side hustle and a strategic thing for me to stay relevant in my craft and build top of the line brand awareness for people to look under the hood of what I'm actually doing. I'm spending 16 hours a day this is the rarity. This is what everybody sees because it's what I can show. Nobody knows that I've been in meetings since eight o'clock. I mean, you know because I say it but you have to take it for real. They don't know that I'm in actual business meetings. They know if they've interacted with me but I was in business review meetings for four hours today looking at Pure Wow's financials and trying to come up with a strategy on how to write, you know, I didn't build this $150 million revenue business with no capital or raising capital in the last seven years, VaynerX, VaynerMedia, Pure Wow by accident not through my jokes, not because I cursed, not because I made a good fucking meme. You know, and so, and so no, I did not see it and you could see that in my actions. I didn't go to Hollywood and try to get on Food Network. I built a business for my dad and now I'm building a business for myself and my brother and then I'll build another business for myself. I'm a businessman. So speaking of your dad, I yep. see that. Um, is there someone or is it him that's kind of been your guiding light or mentor to keep pushing you? The guiding light and mentor, first of all, nobody pushes me. I push myself. I'm very insular. And the guiding light and mentor of my career is them. The market is my mentor. That's my whole life. From when I was, when I was six years old, on Tingley Lane in Edison, New Jersey, and you can go find Marissa Bird on Facebook or Robbie Turnick if you want to ask him. I would walk up and down the, this is, I'm a six year old child. I didn't read a book, I didn't go to a class, 
I didn't take a course on fucking Skillshare. This was DNA. I would walk up and down the streets of New Jersey and sit, think about, just wrap your heads around what I'm about to tell you. As a six-year-old child, I would sit on a grassy knoll and watch people drive by a road for four, five, six hours and try to figure out which tree or pole they were most likely to look at to put my lemonade stand on and sign on. That's just pure. You know, I think of entrepreneurship the way I think of athletes and rappers and actresses. Like, some shit is just pure. That's what I did. Because I've been following attention from the get, you know? Like, that's my only currency. The eyes and ears and attention of the end consumer. And so that's who I was. Like, so I thought I was a better businessman than my dad when I was 14 years old. I was telling him what to do. Whether I was right or wrong, I didn't know. Now I know I was right. But back then, it's all I've known. And so I stayed religious now. The reason I know so many of these people is because I read their comments of my shit. I know who started off thinking I sucked. I read it. Like, I know. Because I spent all of my time consuming them. You know how you get into Wikipedia and YouTube rabbit holes, like three hours later, you're looking up like red sheep in Afghanistan on Wikipedia, and you're like, how the fuck did I get here, right? That's what I do with people. I put out content, then I read all the content, the comments. Then I see somebody who said something insightful, because I'm tough to read. I get over, like I'm marketing guru, I get under, you're full of shit. You know, people go one way or the other with me pretty aggressively. And then I look for stuff in the middle where somebody said something thoughtful. And then I'll click on his face and I'll look at what else he's doing. And then three hours later, two years ago, I'm like, wait a minute, I think eight-year-old girls are gonna be into slime one day. That's how I know shit. Cause I'm in the streets. My streets happen to be the comment section of social networks. It's better data than any A&R guy or gal, than any big data scientist. It's the truth. I play in the truth more than anybody. And I'm at this level now in the game Fucking some of these people want to be on there and they're not replying or reading any comments because they're selfish, it's all about them and what they want. I'm trying to reverse everything what they want. I deploy empathy at scale, which is why I'm sitting here right now. I think going up, especially after that, with your whole notion of give, 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 ask. Yes. I love that. Jab, and jab, jab, right hook. Yes. And so. And, and can I, I apologize because yeah. I'm excited? Because you said something smart and I think a lot of people miss it. Give, 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 ask is not give, 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 take. Is not give, 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 expect. The reason I'm able to give so much is I expect nothing. Do you know how many people have let me down in my life? Do you know how many people have let me down based on your standards? Everyone. I have zero expectation of others. I do not do anything in my life with an expectation of anything in return. That is where all my leverage comes from. I don't need anything from anybody. I can get it myself. And so when you give, give, give and you ask, well then when they deliver or don't deliver, you're neutral. I don't expect you to buy my sneakers or my book because I've given you countless hours of free content or I replied to your email. I think I might guilt you into it. I think that that's how you actually build a brand and you get a chance of it happening. But I don't expect it. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you can't afford it. Maybe you don't want to buy it. Maybe you bought a new pair of sneakers yesterday. I do not know. But it is the right model. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, out of all the books that you have written. Thanks, Mom. 
Crush it, because we all love the first person we kissed. You know, like, 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 when you have your first, right? Like, I, I, you know, it's funny. I always, like, I genuinely think I might love my daughter slightly more than my son. And I know that's like highly politically incorrect. And Xander, I know you're probably watching this in 10 years, so just text me, I'm sorry. But, but, we, we're liars if we don't say there's an impact on when you did it first. It's just there. Like every single person when I say this right now will feel something. When you think about the first person you actually loved, whether you're with that person or not, there's, it's just real. And Crush It was the first time I wrote a business book. Like it ended up being so historically correct. It's crazy that people read it now. It was written to be right for about a year but it was so universally right. People still get value. It's why I'm writing Crushing It because people are getting so much value out of it. I'm like fuck. You know, Tumblr's different. Some of the things I talked about are different. Like, it's just different. So I've updated it. And so, yeah, it, you know, that's the one. And a lot of my biggest fans thought I was going to say thank you, economy, because that is the one that I think is best. I, and it's the one that sold the least. I wasn't really promoting as hard. I was deep in Vayner. And it's philosophical. And it's something nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to give. You know, it's why I followed up with Jab, 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 Right Hook because I made it tactical about the content because then I could get you to do it when I tried to make you do it and thank you, economy. It's not fun philosophically to be selfless. What people don't know is to be selfish, you know, that's, you'll get yours if you're selfless. But people aren't willing to take the risk because they're judging or they're short term or they're insecure and they feel hurt. So, crush it though. I think you wear two hats, right? You have two roles. You're CEO, you're a businessman, but then you're also mentor, speaker to everyone sitting here. Do you feel that you have personal value of one over the other? No, I really don't. I think that I need both to function, which is why I'm doing it. Like every time I feel like I'm a little too Gary V'd out, I then want to destroy it as a practical business person. And every time I go hard, I mean, the reason I've reasserted, you know, how many people here have been following me for six years or more, just raise your hands. So thank you. So some of you may know that I've been around a little bit longer. I got really quiet around 2012, 13, 14, comparatively to 07 to 10 and comparatively to the last two years. I needed it again for me to remind myself that I'm not a futurist or an author or a personal brand, that I'm an operator. And so I went really deep into building a huge, like VaynerX and VaynerMedia was an incredibly important thing for me to prove to myself that I am great at building businesses because I don't feel like I can give advice unless I can do that. In the, like, I think it's crazy to take actual business advice for people that have never built a business. And so I need that currency to talk but at the same token, I mean this level of admiration is so intoxicating and the fact that I don't want anything from you other than the email in 11 years that you listen to something and something, you know, I, I wish on all of you what I have happened in my inbox a hundred times a day. Emails of actual impact. Crazy shit like I was gonna commit suicide and watch the video and you like are crying or I'm on welfare and you got me out of it because now I sell shit on eBay because I dropped the 2017 flip challenge on the breakfast club or just anything or like when I made a video to 40 and 50 year olds saying what the fuck's the matter with you? You have 40 more years to live, let's fucking go. You know. Like the thought that every day I have a chance at actually doing something nice to another human being, that's crazy. And, and you have to understand, when you're fulfilled, you start doing shit like that. 
I've been good for a long time now. Just playing this game, I'm good. I don't want the stuff. And so, to me, I'm in love with the game and the process. And so, because I feel so accomplished and satisfied, I can be on the offense of giving, which then just feeds back my, it's just a, a wheel of like constant feedback in both directions. I feel great, I give. That means I get more and I'm like, fuck, this is like, and you just get caught in this cycle of just optimism and positivity and gratitude while the whole world's going the other way. I'm just going in the other direction. While everybody else is getting all caught up in the macro, right, in the micro, I'm just macro playing it. Look, you can tell me anything you want. Human beings have figured out how to be around for a long time. And you wanna look at real data? Shit continues to get better. I get it, I get it. But shit continues to get better. This is the greatest time to be alive. There's always going to be suppression and persecution. Both my grandfathers spent 10 years in jail for being Jewish because Soviet Russia didn't like World War II. Like, of course it's tough to be a minority or a female executive, but watch carefully. One step backwards, two steps forward. One step backwards, two steps forward. And people could say easy for you and I have nothing but empathy for that. As a white male, as where I'm in my, I get it. I, I hate that I get to be the messenger of this because I surely like that I looked a little different. It doesn't make me wrong. Just like marketing advice, it doesn't make me wrong. The middleman is the internet. The internet is blind. It's a huge opportunity, especially if you shift your mindset into offense versus defense. Look at all these artists. The fact that you can just upload mixtapes at scale every day, every week, and you don't have to get an A&R guy to put you on, right? Entrepreneurs, like it's crazy. The fact that you just start selling shit and like social media gets you traction, like the fact that you could be an influencer and live your life and just get paid to put product shots, like, you know, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how much I wish you would squeeze the opportunity that's in front of you because life's binary. You're either on the offense or you're on the defense and I want to get more people on the offense. I want to go back to... some of the emails that you said you receive and notes that you see on Facebook or anything else, is there any story that you can think of from a follower, from a fan, that has just stood out to you and you'll always keep in the back of your mind? The suicide stuff is really difficult for me to deal with right now because I don't know what to do, right? Like, do I call the hotline? Like, I'm like real freaked the fuck out. Um, I'm trying to find my own way to deal with this. The thought that people legitimately, like, like really gnarly, like I get crazy shit. Because you guys have a, you're not here if you don't have a sense of me. You have a sense of me, I'm super approachable. It feels like, and then just being overwhelmed. I mean, I literally get like a thousand daily SOS-like emails. Between email, DM, forget it. Like, you're my only hope or this and that, it's crippling. I would tell you the whole thing. I'm so numb to it in the other direction at this point that I'm just doing the, it's kind of like parenting, right? Like I think parent, modern day parenting has gotten really fucked up as one man's point of view. You know, not, I just think we've really micromanaged shit because we've crippled ourselves that we're gonna fuck up our kids, which is lovely. It starts from a good place. But the shit has gotten so fucked. Like protecting kids from losing is why they're gonna lose. Like just to put it on film, like fuck eighth place trophies. Like kids need to learn how to lose. That's called life. Like and so you know, to answer your question, <laughs> all of them, in a weird way, you know? Like, I don't know, like, 
having moms email me and saying like, I've been struggling for four years because my son sucks at school, but now I've become a fan of you, and like, it's okay that little Ricky gets C's and D's, and then I get to reply and be like, I got D's and F's. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, just, it's happy, I'm pushing, I'm pushing happiness and optimism because it's real, not because I'm delirious or delusional. It's just black and white. Like, we are not, look, we're, we're getting caught up in our super little micro without looking at it up here and I've always been really good at looking at it up here and just being grateful. Like, I get it. Like, you could sit up here, you could have so many things, I mean, there's people sitting with $250,000 in debt and sick parents and like, my whole big thing is like, if there's one person that has it worse, you need to quantify that. Like, that's just something I think a lot about. And I've been through a lot of different, and listen, tomorrow my entire family could get hit by a car and die. Like, don't get confused on what life really is. You know, you, gotta, you can't take things for granted. Like, it could seem good until it's not. And so I'm just grateful for every day where the people I love the most are healthy. I'm super blown away by the moment in time my life is going through and I don't take it for granted and I wanna impact other people to do the same for themselves because the one thing I'm fearful of is regret. The only thing that scares me is regret. Because right now you've got everything in front of you. You can still have some sliver of optimism somewhere. But when you start getting to 80, 90, 95, like it starts getting harder to like, you don't sit around as a 90 year old and say in 30 years. <laughs> and so like, I just have always spent a lot of time with old people. This was a weird thing about me at a young age and now it all makes sense. They've lived it and it's the same shit. Do not regret it. You're not doing shit because you're scared of three or four other people's opinions and that's fucked up. And so I highly am trying to suffocate that out and give you that bat. I'm generally trying to build persona so that I can be everybody's shield to take risk so that if they lose or when they get scrutinized, they can point to me, because I'm more than willing to take the scrutiny for you. Because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you have to wrap your head around that. Like, I just don't care. Definitely don't care what you think. <laughs> and weirdly just don't care about what anybody thinks, including my parents and my wife. Like, it's a very insular thing. I'm being serious with you. Of course I care. I care when one of them say that I stink. I get upset. But, there's, but not enough to navigate my entire life based on one other person's subjective opinion, or upbringing, or reality, or how they roll. It's just not worth it because I'm gonna end up resenting them. You know how many people here are doing things for their parents because they love them and they wanna upset them or they don't want their scrutiny, they're gonna end up resenting the shit out of their parents? So you think you're doing a favor and being a good kid. No, you're not. You're just pushing it to the end. It's gonna really suck for everybody. So we need more bravery and so if I'm gonna use my bravado and spit it, and try to instill courage through my audacity, fuck it, it's worth it. What are some of the things that do keep you going and motivate you and pushes you? Gratitude, 100% gratitude. The fact that I'm even a human being. I don't wanna be a rhinoceros. <laughs> Seriously, like what do you think's going on here? No, I mean it, I take shit in a super macro. Like, I'd much rather be me than this fucking ugly green carpet. <laughs> Kidding, I was just wanting to make a joke about the carpet. I love green, I love green, I made my shoes green. Like, but you know what, you know, like, I, what's the alternative? Like, being blessed with the 400, you know, I love this 400 trillion to one, I know some of you know it, like, so you've been blessed with a life, I get it. You, didn't, you weren't born into a rich family, you're, you're the wrong skin tone, you're this, you're that, I get it. 
But fuck, just like got the, we got the at-bat. You, you won the lotto, you won it. You've got the at-bat, do something with it. Especially now, your grandparents didn't have this. The internet is crazy shit. It just is, it just is. And so, why do you think everybody's getting outed now? Because three old white guys don't control the media anymore. The fuck do you think is happening here? This is the greatest era ever for anybody. The market, the platform is the internet. This is unbelievable, unprecedented times. We will look back at this 200 years from now like these fuckers had a good opportunity. This is buying real estate. Do you know somebody bought the land that we're on right now for a dollar at one point? Just want everybody to wrap their heads around this. Somebody once paid a dollar for the property we're sitting on. It's a long fucking time ago, but that's what's happening with us on the internet. The attention of the end consumer is cheap right now. You can grab it around whatever the fuck you want to be about and it doesn't cost you anything other than your time and so many of you are complaining but then are too fancy to put in the 15 hours a day to get it. I got no respect for that. I got no respect for anybody who complains and isn't putting in the work. Because it's an excuse to not do. And let me tell you on this issue, and I see some of you get it, you can trick 99% of the losers, but you're not tricking the 1%. So the only people listening to your bullshit are the other losers in your circle. It's truth. Straight fucking facts to the face. Only person listening to your bullshit are the people you surround yourself that are losers too. Don't complain. Nobody's listening. Nobody that matters. Your mom has to listen. (laughs) But let me give you an update. She thinks you're a loser too. (laughs) So I think this is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. We are now gonna open up some questions to the audience. So if you have a question, raise your hand and someone will come up to you with a microphone. So, up top. What's your name, my man? I definitely wasn't expecting to get the mic first. <laughs> Life. Um, yeah, man, that's actually pretty awesome. Um, you always said bring value yeah. to people that want to be around you. Um, that you want to be around. That you want to be around. Yeah. I want to be around people like you. Okay. Not just, well, actually you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a family member that works at a, probably about like a 10 figure business. If that was a prospect for you, would that be a way for me to get maybe a job opportunity or maybe like two minutes with you? Listen, and you know this, and you've seen it play out, you've heard of it through other people. I'm super open for business. What you have to understand is I'm in the supply and demand business, right? There's a thousand of those coming in, so there's perseverance. You need to know how to do it in a tasteful way. I, but you've got to listen to me as well. I'm not driven by short-term money, so probably a lot less than other people. But listen, I still got to run my business, so maybe. Um, but you know what I would recommend to you is I'm easy to reverse engineer and so is everybody else. You gotta watch who you wanna do things with and you gotta figure out what they care about. Right? This is a great time to get to me. I've got my sneaker and my next book and that's usually when I'm easiest to get because I wanna succeed in the short term variance there. When I don't have anything like that I'm super hard because I don't need anything in the short term. So what I would tell you to do is, whether it's me and I appreciate that, or anybody else, understand them. For the 99%, a big, landing a big account probably is exactly how you get them. Ironically, I'm weird like that. 
but you can get me a lot cheaper if you can figure out a way to bring me value in whatever I'm spitting, right? So just listen. Listen to who you want to do something with and really break them down and figure out, watch what they're pushing. I'm not pushing anything except when I've got the micro little short inexpensive thing and so figure out how you can bring value in that environment to me or anybody else. It's actually very easy to get to winners. You just got to watch what they care about. You're welcome. And you should set, like, and then you take moments in time. If I'm you, here's the email I write to me at Gary at VaynerMedia. In the title, because I only read the title. Hey, I was the kid, what's that? I wrote too many emails, To me. Perfect, now you get to write a new email, man. Let me tell you how to write it. Let me, let me tell you how to write it. Hey, I was the kid that asked the first question at the Samsung event. Blah, blah, got it? Like that's life. Life's about context. I get a billion emails. I try to make a billion things happen every day too. Like, that's just life. Like, you know, like, the people that are gonna reply to your emails the first time are normally the people you don't wanna get to. But, meanwhile, I reply to people on the first time they ever email, and there's other people that find out about, like, I love when friends cross, right? Some, some gal emails me, and she's like, Gary wrote me back and did this and this, and, they're, and her best friend John's like, what the fuck, I've been emailing that dude for six years. <laughs> so like, it's, there's, there's just real life serendipity in it. Hey. Hey, uh, I've been trying to get to you for like six months now. Okay. And, um, just, uh, I've been watching your stuff for about a year. And, Thank you. Uh, I just, to everyone I've been talking to around here, they just really love you. Uh, I don't really need anything from you because your content from YouTube and Instagram marketing. Um, <laughs> and everything, um, it just brings me lots and lots of value. Thank you, brother. And that's where I get the value from you. Thank you. Um, I don't need anything from you. Thank I just, you. Um, thank you. Uh, you got me out of my shell to do this vlog thing. Um, and another thing is, I uh, just wanted to ask you, I don't really, I, I care so much about so many different things. Yes. And I don't really know like whether to do more of this kind of content or I want to be about that kind of content. Pick one. Because I'm just so many different things. Pick one. Let me tell you the cliche thing about I have too many passions, Gary, I don't know what to go in on. It's often just an excuse to doing more of something, right? Like, just pick one. Here's good news. You're not gonna know how it plays out the other way anyway. That's not how life works. Otherwise, you're gonna be crippled and just debating for the rest of your life. Just like, pick one. Because bro, you have something very powerful that I don't have, more time. You could be wrong, do it for three years, and then be young as shit and try the next one. Got it? You're welcome. Hey Gary. Hey, where are you? I see you, how are you? I can see you. Okay. Love it. What's up, um, bro? What part of Jersey? A little wave. Um, well, we're actually right by Dover. Love it. In Rockaway, so I love it. I love it. I know it super well. I did a baseball card show. Um, so we run the. I know you are like really great with a lot of the new musicians that are coming out. I know that you also don't like to like speak on things that you don't know a lot. Yep. So I don't want to ask you a question that you can't necessarily um, answer correctly. Like, Thank you. That you're comfortable with. Um, but as it, like we're starting this from the ground up, and we plan on hopefully one day you know be the changers to see in the world. 
but of, like revolutionizing the music industry. So I see a lot of independent artists that are releasing their own, whether it's on SoundCloud. I know you said, hey, release a song a day or a song a week. We have about 50, 60 artists that we deal with that are very low budget. Like these are high school kids, I get college it. kids. So I'm wondering for them, because really we really want to be able to help them in every way we can. We do personal development, we do finance classes with them, Love networking it. classes. What would you think is like maybe the top three things that you've seen, the rappers that you've seen that like are doing really well? What are some things that like you could tell younger rappers or artists? So couple things. First and foremost, it's a lot of same cliche shit that I push on everybody. The biggest problem with anybody young is lack of patience. It's just, there's just, it's so black and white to me, right? So you have to understand, if a hip hop artist is good enough, she or he will make it in today's world, but that wasn't necessarily true 30 years ago because L.A. Reid had a sign then. Like, like, I'm telling you right now, it may hurt your feelings because you're maybe trying to do it and you haven't popped yet. Like, nobody's gonna stop somebody from winning if they're good enough. Like, it's a super hard concept to wrap one's head around because they haven't quantified, the internet hasn't been round long enough. If you're good enough, you will win. Now, what does that mean? I think the biggest thing that you need to teach them is that distribution matters just as much as the quality of the content. So the biggest thing that a new artist has to realize is how to get heard, because there's a lot of supply, right? And the way to get heard is to be phenomenal. Phenomenal and all-time great will always win. But let's say the fringes. To me, that's where you start hacking attention. I would, if I'm a hip-hop artist, little Gary Vee was a hip-hop artist, I would spend as much time making beats and singing and writing as I would be reaching out to YouTube celebrities to use my music. I would spend seven, eight hours. You understand, and this is something that I don't think people wrap their head around. There's such a different level of work ethic that I've deployed than almost anybody I know, period, let alone the masses. Like, people forget that I wasn't known and I did spend 12, 15 hours a day on Twitter for years. Like, like, you know, like, for example, by the way, a lot of you guys know that. How many people here have discovered me within the last year? Raise your hands. This is a long game. So the biggest thing is distribution, patience, right? And they better, I would tell you the number one piece of advice I would give them is you should put them through a hardcore rigor of why they're doing it. The why is a big little thing, especially in things like hip hop and entrepreneurship. Way too many people are doing it for the luxuries that come along with it, not for the love of it. And if you don't love it, you have no chance. Too many people in the game now. You know, the bad part about supply and demand is the supply part. You're gonna lose every time to somebody who does it for the love because they're gonna bleed out of their eyes while you're just trying to get a hot hook so you can get champagne. (laughs) Just true. You like that? Cool. Hi, Mary. Hey. Um, I don't know if you remember me. I met you on Saturday. I was the girl that gave you the the cardboard business card. I'm not joking. Yep. It's on my nightstand right now. Oh, nice. Okay. So, (laughs) so this is the question that I was most interested in asking you. Um, I'm. I've just moved to New York. Um, I quit. I was in academia. I was doing research there, and I wasn't happy in in the field I was going in. To me, I've realized that happiness is, is 
that trumps everything in life. And so I've started focusing on um, sustainability of business operations. Cool. And I'm particularly interested in um, the coffee industry and reducing waste within the coffee industry. And coffee. 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 So, like, bring, I bring your own cup rather than using a disposable cup. I understand. So, I just had a meeting with um, some people from the Department of Sanitation um, in New York, and um, there, there's a, a new pilot program that they're working on because um, in New York they're going to they're trying to get to zero waste by 2030. Um, there's a lot of obstacles that people are facing. So I have a research background and I wanted to start piloting and, and different programs within corporations. So I wanted to ask if your company, VanderMedia, would be interested in um, being part of the pilot program, helping to yes. move towards sustainability. Sure. I have another corporate business card in case There's always, so why don't you email me and just, Similar to what I told him, I need context. Just put like, cardboard girl got you to say yes, and then I'll take it from there. You got it. Hi, I'm Ryan. How are you, my man? Good. So, I hear you speaking about, um, on one end, being you know, selfless and grateful and wanting to do things for others. Yes. Um, on the other end, you also want to you know, capture attention. Yes. And you've been very mindful of that since like age six. Right? Correct. So, what is ultimately like your like, big why and how do you balance those, right? Because aside from one of the Jets, we're clear on that. But like, what else <laughs> you, like, really pushes you to one of them? I just want to see how good I can be. I don't know what else to say, man. I've only known this game, you know? I just wanna see how good I can do. Like, I like building businesses. I like, you know, deploying my thoughts and just, I feel like my intent is in a good place. I feel good about myself. I feel good about it. And it's curiosity, you know? Like, I love working. I love producing impact. I love producing products. I love challenging myself to seeing how well I do understand culture and attention and the game. And sometimes I want to deploy that against Pencils of Promise and the Crohn's Foundation. Other times I want to make sure the athlete I side in Vayner Sports gets a sneaker deal. Like, it runs the gamut. And I want to build the infrastructure for all the things that matter for me in the next 40 years, right? So it's just playing the game. You know? I mean, I think, I think you know, ultimate goals are super hard and complicated. You know, I think, for example, and maybe it sounds like maybe you know, I just wanna try to buy the Jets way more than buying the Jets. <laughs> like, if I pull this shit off, shit's gonna get crazy. <laughs> like, and it's crazy because I really feel like I'm going to, it's like, I, I laugh at how much I actually think. Forget about, listen, the, to amass the wealth to do it is ironically funny to me that's the part that I'm most confident about. I'm most confident that I'll have the money. It's, does that time well when the Johnson family wants to sell it? What happens in culture? What happens, like, forget about all, forget about making the money. The fact that I have the audacity and the optimism that not only will I amass the wealth, but that specific team, like, I don't want to buy the Bengals, you know, like. <laughs> um, so it's so crazy how it plays out in my head, but here's the best part, and you'll be there to see it. If I don't, I'm, I'm having so much fun and so much happiness trying to get it and trying to pull all of you up along the way while I'm trying to get it. 
fuck, if one of you get it, I would love that because then it would happen on merit. You were good enough. The thought that maybe the next owner was built from something I created would be so batshit crazy, you know? And I've also got a super secret plan and I'll share it here today for the first time. (laughs) I figure if I can get every single person in America to really give a fuck about me getting the Jets, that when they become available, if I'm not ready financially, I'm gonna crowdsource the fuck out of it. I can get a question from up here. I would love that. Um, first of all, it's kind of cool. My dad actually sat in prison in the former USSR for being Jewish. So you know the game. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Not for them. <laughs> it's cool for you and I, but they had it fucked up. Tell me about it. Go ahead. So my parents also came here as immigrants and yep. kind of came from nothing. Yep. Um, my dad started a biomedical company. And Built some of the most well-known stuff on the market today. Amazing. Um, I was in school at the time. I was 17 years old when he got sick, um, and I took over the company. Passed away. I still took over. The, was running the company at 19. Um, eventually, I failed because found it wasn't around to kind of continue. I get it. Um, but I so for a year I did nothing, um, and then I figured out that Apple. Um, was starting to build depth sensors within their phones Yes. about eight months ago. Yes. I started a 3D imaging depth sensor company. I understand. Um, and something interesting you said was, don't expect anything from anyone. I, I get how you can say that at this point, where you are today. Only because you're confused about how it's been part of my life my whole life. Mm-hmm. But from the beginning, how do you start from like going to people and asking them for your help. By understanding that nobody owes you shit. That I get, but I mean. But somebody may give you something. Correct. It's just I'm in the business of eating every no as a motivator to get to my yes. If you're gonna sit and dwell that somebody just gave you a no, that's you being on the defense and taking away from time to get to your yes. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Thank you, man. All right, Gary, thank you very much again. Um, we're, we're here. Hey, my man, how are you? Uh, we're the non-millennials. Respect. <laughs> I see you guys. Yeah. I see you kids. My question, my question to back, the paper's yellow, it's over. <laughs> I get it. Um, I have two questions. Please. Uh, one of them's kind of personal, and I apologize. Thrilled. Um, been an entrepreneur since I was a kid, first generation uh, American from an Italian family. Had a great team ever since I started my businesses with my then girlfriend, now wife. But here's where things changed. I want to know how you did it. Go ahead. Once you have kids, yeah. now you're not bulletproof anymore. Yeah. Now it's not just you letting yourself down. Now you got people that depend on you. 100%. And when you have people that depend on you, not that you necessarily play it safe, but you don't put it all out there because you've got to protect them. 100%. You have two kids. I do. An amazing family from everything that I see on social media. Which is nothing, <laughs> right? It's a super interesting thing about me. Like, there's no you pictures of my family. Me. I talk about it, you know that from the narratives, but like, it's super interesting to me. Like, 
you know, we've made a choice not to share that part of our lives, which is why when people are like, oh, I don't want to go on social. I'm like, I don't share my family. There's not even a picture of my son on the internet, period. There's like one of two of my daughter. You know, so like, keep going. I understand where you're going. So first of all, the thing that most people don't understand about where, where I can answer your question ready, I don't put it all on the line. I'm actually stunningly conservative. You know, like, I never have done anything in my life that if it lost, it would take down the whole thing. It may feel that way, it may kind of, the energy may, maybe because the winds have gotten big, but yeah, I mean, like, I get that. Now, the other thing is, I married the right person, which means we don't need that much shit. Like, if I'm taking a risk that makes us have to sell the Hamptons house, I don't think I get divorced because of that. And more importantly, and here's the big one, man. I don't give a fuck if Mashable writes that I failed and I had to sell my Hamptons house. Like, the people who got it, there's, don't confuse the amount of money you need to have a roof over your head and eat with you know, the maturity of an entrepreneurial journey. Because it's not so much about putting it on the line, it's that the second that you aren't working 18 hours a day, some young buck, she's eating at your toes. So, I'm aware. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like you know, allocating more time to your family or other interests or smelling the roses, something I don't do well, but I don't care. Like, people are always like, Gary, you need to smell the roses. I'm like, fuck roses. <laughs> I like eating concrete, you know? Like, like, you know, it's like, everybody's got to, it's about self-awareness. But I've never done anything so high risk that if it went to zero, I'm always pulling it to, if it goes to zero, there's still just enough for us to maintain. Maybe we can't have all these luxuries and private planes and all that shit, but we're still gonna have a roof. I can still pay my mortgage, you know? All right, thank you. You're welcome. Really, that is as deep as I could possibly take, Gary, me too, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but the other thing too is my business, I run a, uh, a mobile entertainment company. Most of my clients are not the same clients all the time. I don't have repeat business. I have repeat business certain times a year. Yeah. Most of it is, off, is, is fresh. Yeah. If you had to give one or two ideas on how to um, uh, deal with and, and market and promote or, or, or make awareness of a business that needs to have fresh clientele monthly, what would you, what would you call it? What, who are you trying to reach? Um, my market is 20 to 35 year old females. Facebook. Right. Facebook and Instagram is your life. Become a ads, 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 test, test, test. And then call. How many clients do you get? A week or a month or a year? Uh, we do about four hundred events a year, but we probably we probably are exposed to about five thousand clients. You should talk to them why they chose you. People don't ask their customers. Just ask them why they chose you. It starts giving you real insight to what happened. Thank you. You're welcome. How are things, man? Everything's fine. I really like your content, watch it every day. Thank you. Very inspirational. Thank you, brother. So uh, my question is, uh, originally from Israel, I have a social media agency company, in Israel, and I have uh, clients from Israel, two rounds from here. You have a social media what kind of company? Agency. Agency, love yeah. it. Running ads and We're competitors. 
go ahead. <laughs> so I came to compete in the U.S. and I know there is much more opportunity. Understood. You know, and I can from the fact just to get a taste of it. A hundred percent. Just for like a couple Smart. months to see what's going on. Good. And I get clients here like I know I have to do it from A to Z. So I don't know right now if I should go back to Israel. Do you want to go back to Israel? Yes or no. What's the yes? You have the family and everything. Of course. What's the no? Do you have more opportunities over here? I understand. So, so pick one. Is, uh, like how I can <laughs> you know, there's a great Russian uh, thing. I don't know if the guy's still here. How many people speak Russian? Understand? There's a great Russian saying. I'll translate it in English. You can't put your ass on two toilets. <laughs> That's it, man. It's just life, right? Here's what I would say. Be thoughtful. You know, map the health and well-being of your family, knowing that they can get hit by a bus. Understand what you intuitively think you'll regret more. I built my dad's business for him in the prime years of my life. Do you know how much it pisses me off that people try to talk shit about me and say that my dad put me on or I was a rich kid? I built my dad's business for him, left at 35 years old and had nothing. So, you know, just to set the record straight for all you fuck faces. So, 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 but I made that decision. You know, I was scared too. I cried a lot. I don't talk about this much. I used to call my mom in college and cry because this is unbelievable how well I knew what the fuck was gonna happen with me. I would call her and say, I'm never gonna get my credit that I deserve because people are always gonna point to me coming into dad's business. Right? But I chose to help my dad as a thank you to my mom and dad for what they did for me, coming to America, being great parents. And I put them on as much as they put me on because I don't like having any scores not settled. Right? But that's what you have to think about. Life, you're young. Right? So the answer is, there's a weird answer to me which is if you can afford it, which is the most controllable thing, I think you can have both. Just travel back to Tel Aviv all the time. Right? Like you could have both. Like anything's can be possible. You know, like if you feel the opportunities, here's how I'd look at it. It costs a lot of money to go back and forth, but the opportunity is greater here. So I'm gonna scratch both itches. It might take me an extra year or two because a lot of the money's being wasted going back, but I want that too. And so fuck it, I'll have both. You could. You know? I mean, there's no wrong answer until there is one. And that's what cripples people. Here's the problem, it's similar to what I told the other kid. You're not gonna know. If you go back to Israel, you'll never know what would have happened here. You don't know if tomorrow the market crashes and all the opportunity goes away. You also don't know if like, you know, somebody you love gets sick or not sick or lives for another 40 years. You don't know. So you just have to make decisions and you have to live with it. Knowing that you had the right intent. I trade on my intent. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, I just know I'm doing shit for the right reason. And then I let play my hand, you know? Gary Vee can't tell you what to do, right? You just gotta fucking make moves. Debating and dwelling is the only wrong answer. You're wasting energy. You're welcome. Hello. Glad to be here. Where are we? Uh, third floor. Hey, hey, man. So Jerry's a colleague of mine as well. I probably doesn't even know this story, but the reality is I have a lot of respect for when we talk about humility because a lot of people don't understand um, what that's like. And so this kind of leads me down to my question. Uh, if you would have, back in 1986, dialed 609-448-Ford, you would have found me in my car. I had nothing. 
Zero. Came to Jersey with five hundred dollars, three pairs of pants, a couple pairs of shirt. I had zip, so much, nothing. And I made something of myself. And I made a business and a family. That's awesome. But like Jerry, I get scared of sure. you know making taking risks that could affect my family and also having enough time for my family as well. But then I look at the story that you told earlier. I think your parents thought you were stoned, you know, like we should be building another store and you want to make YouTube videos. What is this kid doing? Because the grit that your parents had from being an immigrant and... Well, to my parents' credit, and I want to make sure the story's right, my dad gave me the air cover to do my thing. It was everybody else in my dad's business that thought it was crazy that we didn't build a second store and built a dot-com instead. And by the time I did YouTube, you know, 10 years later, I'd already built a huge-ass business for my dad, so nobody was questioning me anymore. Just yeah. got it? Just yes. want to make sure. Go ahead. So when you're in that moment, you're kind of taking this, you know, ground-level thing, or yes. you're already, you know, your parents have a successful company. That's right, or right now, my man. I'm telling you right now, if this is all it is for me, I'm gonna be devastated. I don't even feel like I've started. Like I hope everybody's not confused here. I'm gonna win the whole fucking thing. (laughs) Like I'm being serious. Like back to your point, I'll compound it. You think this is fancy? I'm gonna fucking win. We're die trying. 100%. Yeah, because I, I look at it that same way too. We came into this world like naked, like nothing on our bodies. Actually to... naked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst you can go out? Because you're gonna be naked in a box when you go. 100%. So you might as well put your balls on the table. But nobody's doing that. Nobody's, nobody's doing that because they start allowing voices into their head that aren't their own. And for some unknown reason, really I don't know, other than the self-esteem that my parents gave me, my mom specifically, I've been able to close out every other voice. I know they took the mic, what's the question? So how did you, when you don't have money, like some of the people in the room, how do you scale? How do you you have time. What you, do? you work for free. They roll for you. Like, listen, how do you win a hand in poker when you get a four and eight offsuit? You figure it the fuck out. If you win. Bro, what's the alternative? Sit on your couch and complain? Like this isn't about like what do you do? This is about black and white binary data. You're more than welcome to say I was dealt a raw hand and go that route. And we've got all of our own realities. Somebody is a minority, somebody has alcoholic parents. I think I gave my dad his, my best 13 years of my career when I didn't have a family. Wanna talk about family? How about the years that I didn't have other responsibilities and I poured them all into building a business for him, not for me. When you think you're all time and you give for 13 years of the years that you have the most freedom to do shit and you don't go on weekends, like we all have our own shit. I've had it better than others and others have it better than me. I just don't spend time, I don't know what the fuck anybody else is doing. I don't care what anybody else has going on. When you don't have money, you have your shit, you. Figure it the fuck out. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like, I'm just, right? Like, like and, and, and you know, like back to him, like easy for me to say, cool, easy for anybody to say. This is, this is not my opinion. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Like, do something. Anything but fucking complaining about something you can't change. Right? And let me tell you one thing, real quick. Having this internet thing, Right now, as somebody who gets emails every day of my life from somebody who's homeless, because everybody has a fucking smartphone. (laughs) 
Like, you know, I reply to those especially, as you can imagine, are emotionally, and I do all sorts of weird shit, Venmo people money. I do random shit all the time. But the thing I do more than like giving away money because that's not gonna do shit is saying, the fact that you just emailed me and that means you were sitting on a machine in your hand that's more powerful than what the American government had, only 30, 40, 50, whatever the math is on the real data on that, is fucking batshit crazy. And I say weird shit. I tell people to steal shit and sell it on eBay. (laughs) I mean, like, listen, that's life. Like, everybody wants to be fancy. Easy for you, easy for my kids to say that's wrong because they got put on. When you got nothing, steal shit and fucking sell it on eBay. You want to be noble? Sell rocks on eBay. If you've got a phone, like, it's just, look, it's a binary. What do I tell people? Who gives a shit about what I say? Here's how it's gonna play out. News alert, nobody gives a fuck about your problems. Nobody. Number two, now what are you gonna do about it? You can get people to shed a tear for you in fake. But nobody gives a fuck because they've got their own problems. I've got kids who have $10 million in their trust fund come to me and start crying because they think they're good but they'll never be successful because everybody will say that they got it handed to them. Seems awfully like a high class problem other than that's that kid's reality. I don't shit on anybody's reality. I just know that it is what it is. And so what do I tell them? To do something about it. Unless you're 100% happy, like you know, you've gotta do something to get yourself there, strive. It's a way cooler story to come from the dirt. Go ahead, sneak it in. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna sneak you in. Go. I'm glad. Tom Terry. I know Tom. Okay, but here's the question. Would you like to go out to dinner with more old women? I would love to go out to dinner with you ladies, but I've got somewhere else I've gotta be. But thanks for the invite. Go ahead. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm breaking the rules. I'm, I know. When do I have to go? Are we good? Like five, a minute, five minutes. Okay, go ahead, man. Caesar from Jersey. Hey, Caesar. What? Yeah, Jersey. <laughs> go ahead. Another guy. So, I have a question for you. If you could go back 25 years. Okay. Being the Gary that you are today. Okay. And you can face yourself 25 years. Talk to my 17-year-old self. Yeah, and you can say something to yourself for only 10 seconds. What would it be? You're gonna be, you're gonna be right. You know, that's what I would say, man. I did everything the way I want. I'm so proud of how I did this. And I haven't even started, but like, I ate shit. Like, I just don't, you know, you know, you just don't get it. You, you will only get it if you know somebody that knows me during that time. You'll only know me if you know somebody I went to high school with and they'll tell you that every weekend of my entire fucking high school life, all of them, I work 13 hours a day. That every fucking summer vacation day when everybody did shit and went to the Jersey Shore and hooked up, I fucking worked. <laughs> You'll only know if you actually saw my tax return only 10 years ago, because I didn't make any fucking money because I was building a legacy, doing the right thing, building, building skills, being patient. I only give advice that I took. I only eat my own dog food. And so I would tell him, you're gonna do it right. Go ahead, my man. I actually resigned on Friday. I've been consuming your content like crazy. 
My 200 plus company did not want to get on the internet. They don't believe in social media. Um, it's kind of crazy. So I started a couple of websites, and the last one I started over the weekend was I wanted to post a video with my interview on LinkedIn and across social media platforms. I don't see a platform out there, an app like that. I call it OuterView instead of interview, so it's OuterViewWith2Ts.com. And we'd love to sit down with you guys and discuss it. Okay, so you need to send me an email. The subject, 100%. And, and the person you're going to talk to first is Phil Toronto, because right now I want to actually make investments and do things, but there's no way I'm going to vet at the scale that we're at. So Phil's my right-hand guy. I will want, you will see me forward it to him and say to you and we'll take a look at it. Right. But I will say this, to just give you and anybody else a chance. The amount of energy and excitement I have for idea phase is double fucking zero. And it's just a supply and demand issue. You know, I get it, I see it. It's a pretty face, man. I like your look. The salt and pepper's legit. But, <laughs> but the, the, the likelihood of I, on idea phase is low because I need some real traction because I'm betting on the jockey, right? not the horse, so ideas don't mean shit to me. I'll give you 44 good ideas right now. I wanna see who can execute them. So if you, you know, like keep that in mind when you talk to Phil, but, we'll, but we're also good peeps, we'll send you to some things, we'll show you things that are, like respect. Let's go. All right, thank you. Uh, so I work for FindSpark, you've actually spoken there at our yep. before. Thank you. And my question, because we do help young grads succeed with the different tools that we give them, if you were to hire someone tomorrow for VaynerMedia, what is something that you would look for in this hire? Um, we're very big on trying to figure out how to understand empathy right now. So I don't know how to quantify empathy yet, but I desperately want it because it makes you a great teammate. When you actually default into caring about the other person, you stop playing politics and you start trying to figure shit out. So we're starting to really hack at empathy. Other than that, the truth is, the hard skills are teachable. You know, they need to have some of it. If you want to be a designer, it's probably a good idea that you can actually know how to use design software. <laughs> like it's stuff like that, right? But you know, things that are more around the people, like we're all about EQ, emotional intelligence. All the hard skills are getting commoditized. And I'll be sending you an email because we actually used to work with you. You gotta work with us again. Respect, send it. <laughs> All right, one more. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. How's it going, Gary? I saw you last at Bit Summit. Thank you, brother. Uh, so, just a real practitioner question. So, I've been doing live streaming for the past few years. On what platform? Uh, I did it on Blab with Roberto Blake, and then I was doing a live news show for the past year on Facebook. Okay. And I'm wondering from you, because I'm trying to move into YouTube to help grow my channel and do live as well, how come I don't see VaynerMedia on YouTube live? Is there a reason, like... Live in general, as you can tell even with me, is something that we are just not attacking yet in the same way that I didn't attack podcasting two years ago and then I got serious about it. It just literally, it just hasn't been the thing that we've attacked yet. I also think live is highly misunderstood. The barrier to be successful at live is very high. You have to be remarkably interesting to hold an audience at scale live. I'm not talking about 100 or even 1,000 people. I'm talking about like a number that starts getting it interesting. So, you know, for me, live is kind of like live television. If you think about what's working on live television, sports, like for example, let me tell you something I believe about live platforms of the future. That whether it's Netflix Live or Facebook Live or Snapchat Live or something else that we don't know live, I definitely believe in the next 20, 30 years, I guess it's actually weirdly already happened. It's happened on Twitch with eSports. I think one of the next big sports that we don't even know exists 
will be built from the seeds of live on social networks. But, but we haven't attacked live yet because in the same way that that young woman knew that I don't love talking about things that I haven't fully gotten there yet, same thing with platforms. We like to kind of test and learn before we go all in in a lot of ways. And what's ironic about that is Ustream, all the way back in 2007 for the OGs in here, was probably the platform that built me up the most. And when I do Instagram Live or other things, I really enjoy it. But for clients at Vayner, or for Vayner the company itself for its branding, it just hasn't populated to the top priority. And you, you can only do so much. Awesome. Happiness. I love rejection. I'll tell you how I deal with rejection. It's back to what I was talking about earlier. When you actually don't give a fuck about anybody else's opinion, rejection becomes nothing because I don't worry about how it looks on me because it doesn't feel like it's almost like Teflon, right? Like, like I expect rejection daily. This is the thing I tell people that grow up in the struggle. You should be great at rejection. It's your framework. So I grew up with rejection always. I deal with it because I'm not joking. I'm, listen, I want you to hear this because this is gonna bring you value. I'm not sitting up here saying I don't give a fuck because I think that's a cool thing to say. I say that up here because if you look at every action I've made over the last 40 years, I don't give a fuck. Right? Like who, when you, when you get rejected, what are you worried about? You value other people too much. You know what I mean? This is why, this is expectations. This is what kills my dad. And the immigrants in here will understand this. Some of them, especially the Eastern Europeans. I don't care if somebody got me. This, right, the pride of they got me, they took advantage of me, that means they lost. They might have won in the micro, but they lost. Like, rejection comes in a lot of forms, right? but it's all seeded back to insecurity, right? Not good enough, this person got the best of it. I just default, do you know how funny my life is? Anything good that happens is gravy. When you're a number one, when you're trying to do it for yourself, when you're an entrepreneur, you default, you have to assume it's all gonna be bad. I'm in pleasant surprised when good shit happens from people. I have zero expectations. I don't have that audacity and I don't expect that from you. And all of a sudden rejection from clients, from the audience, from relationships just changes when you have zero expectations. This is entitlement. Do you understand? People are entitled. I don't think I'm entitled to shit. Nothing. Ever. Forever. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pull our winners tonight. So our first winner is Chris, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but Chris Baccarella. Yo, the first dude? This is some rigged shit. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I really, really, really hope you loved it. Uh, as you guys know, I try to bring it every single day. Uh, so whether you're walking a dog, uh, running on a treadmill, or traveling on a plane, I hope it brought a little value or escapism for you. And I'm here to talk to you about, as we get into the holiday seasons, the thing that I'm most excited about, which is the Gary V Wine Club for $55 a month delivered. No shipping charge. $55 delivered. You either get one, two, three, or four bottles of wine. For some of you that don't know, that is the industry I grew up in. I was once known as a wine expert, and what I've been doing 
doing is getting back in the game, tasting hundreds of wines each month to narrow it down between one and four bottles so that I can send it to you and send you over $100, $150, $200 worth of value each month. If you go to the hashtag Gary V Wine Club on Instagram, you can see the insanity brewing. I'm really excited about it. I know we're going to that time of year when you're thinking about buying that perfect gift and I know so many of you have people that are fans of my content and different things of that nature and to be very frank, I'm just so proud of the damn club. Like the first, you know, somebody just emailed me this morning actually, there was a Shatniff to pop, that's how we roll, a Shatniff to pop in the first October month, the first month we did it, that the guy just literally saw in a liquor store for $67 just for that bottle and it was one of the three bottles. So super excited about it. Buy one for your dad, your best friend, your boss. I will not let you down and most of all, each month, There is a video and audio supplement of me tasting the wines that you can taste along, build your palate, or entertain one of your buddies. The greatest gift for the holiday season in the history of mankind, the Gary Vee Wine of the Month Club, $55 delivered. Go sign up now to winelibrary.com slash Gary Vee. Gary V-E-E.